you're invited to join me in the real deal. Well, you'll learn how to own that remodeling job and get paid what you're worth. This is my signature two-day training for serious interior designers who want to bring consistently high-profit remodeling jobs into their business. For complete information and tickets, go to interiordesignbusinessacademy.com. See you there. I'm Terry Taylor, and this is the Interior Design Business Academy podcast. As an interior designer, you may be thinking, I love what I do, but I am so overworked and underpaid. Let me tell you, I've been there too. I spent many years learning from my own mistakes and developing proven strategies and systems to make interior design a profitable career while keeping it fun and creative. So now I'm here to help you get paid what you're worth. If you're ready for some straight talk about how design business really works and you're ready to break through old belief systems that are holding you back and shift into beliefs that support your goals and bring lasting success, you are in the right place. Is my design fee really enough? You know, that question comes up a lot when you're moving from hourly into fees, or even if you've been in fees quite a while. It's always a question in the back of your mind is, is it enough? Did I get it right? Okay. And, you know, you're not going to get it perfect to start with. You probably never get it perfect. So don't worry about that part, but you can get it good, right? And I assure you that it's worth working on. Okay. I assure you that, that once you get this under your belt, you get this to work well, it's going to change your life. It's going to change your practice. It's going to reduce the amount of time that you spend on jobs with clients and make them more efficient. So giving you more free time, it's going to get you paid what you're worth. It's going to make your clients happy because they know what they're buying. It's going to make you happy because you know what you've sold. There's a whole litany of benefits to going with this. But there's some things, some, some, some basic important things to consider when you're developing these fees. And a lot of it is about mindset, about the direction you're coming from when you go to set this up. So number one rule is to separate design fees from purchasing. Okay. In order to be a design consultant, which, which you are, right? And to, to be a designer and not a furniture salesman, you need to take those things apart. Okay. The idea that you could take a little time and, oh, I think she'll buy something and it'll be okay. That's what keeps you poor. And that's what keeps you time poor and money poor, both, right? That's what's causing it. Okay. So once you, once you get into this spot where you can separate those pieces and be seen by the client and yourself internally, as a highly paid consultant who knows what she's doing, or he knows what he's doing, either one, right? You know, everything's going to change. Everything's going to change because the purchasing piece is something that you, you offer later after the design is done. Okay. So when you hook those things together, you present yourself as a furniture salesman, frankly, and people who sell furniture get paid by selling the product. All right. That's not who you are. You are a designer. You are trained. You're experienced. You know what you're doing. You have enormous creativity, enormous benefits to give to people. You have to hold your shape on that and, and hold, and hold that together because, you know, that's, that's who you are and that's where you need to stay. Okay. There needs to be the Grand Canyon or the Mississippi River in between your design 
practice consultation and fee-based piece and the service you offer to clients that's white glove purchasing after the design is completed and paid for. Okay? Now, that's a premise that you have to start from right from the very get-go. Okay? That the two are not connected <laughs> in any way. One is simply a administrative service that your company offers to actually make this piece come to fruition that you have designed. Okay. So with that mindset in mind, you want to write your, your letters of agreement with that piece in mind. Because here's the reality. These design fees done properly will pay you for all your time that you're going to spend, all of it, every bit of it, if you do it right. Okay. Or close to right. <laughs> it will pay you for your time. And it doesn't really matter if they buy anything or not. Okay. If they do, it's gravy. It's just profit. It's pure profit sitting over there. Great. Terrific. A lot of fun, right? But the core of your business is that you are a designer, all right? And you design spaces and they need to be held separate from the purchasing part. Okay. So your understanding of that being very, very clear helps you communicate to your client and be very, very clear that this is how it works. Because, you know, people, people step into working with us and they don't really understand how we work. And if we are not clear with them, and tell them exactly what it is, then our boundaries get run over all over the place, right? And it's not their fault because it, it's us, right? We didn't tell them. We assume they know how we work. Well, they don't. They don't. They don't have a clue. So you have to lay out the ground rules and be really, really clear about it, okay? Because if you're not clear, they're not clear. And that lack of clarity is what mucks up the jobs. It's what makes them go on forever when you can't get out, you can't get paid, you know, all of that stuff, right? So that number one piece that you separate those two things dramatically, okay? Number two, number two is your offer always has to have boundaries in it, okay? An offer without boundaries is like, it's like stepping off the cliff, right? You know, say, okay, I'm going to create this beautiful living room for you. And it's, $5,600. Okay. Well, what constitutes a beautiful living room? What? Okay. When, when you're that loose about what you're doing is when you get a client that just keeps on going and there's always one more thing and one more thing and one more thing. And we realize that they probably just want to play with the decorator. They don't want to give it up. But if you don't have clearly what your boundaries are within this job, you don't have much to stand on. I mean, you can, you can stand up and go, okay, that's enough. But we all realize that's hard to do. When you put it in your letter of agreement up front, then you have something to fall back on. Okay. You can, you can say that when somebody can't make up their mind, what, what fabric goes on the sofa? You know, you have done your three selections that you provided in your contract, you can say, well, you know, I can't go any further with this until you make that decision because everything has to build on it. And if you want more selections, I'm happy to do that, but I need to charge you hourly because there's three selections in my contract. Okay. When you can do that and stand on a boundary and it's not mean and it's not ugly and it's not, I don't know, I, you know, I, we often have trouble setting boundaries because we're not used to doing it, okay? We're not raised to do that. We're raised to take care of everybody no matter what, you know, keep everybody happy, do whatever they want. Well, you can't do that in a business, okay? You have to have boundaries. You have to have real clear lines 
of what you'll do and what you won't do. And when you hit that boundary, you tell them so. And they may push on it a few times, but after you establish it a few times, they don't push anymore. They're just kind of like little kids. You know, you just have to say it over and over again without getting upset about it and be okay. So what am I talking about with boundaries in a clip? Well, that, that, you know, that your time is not unlimited. Okay. And, and quite frankly, you need to know that the less time you give them, the more they're going to want you. Okay. So over delivering in this case is not an advantage or it's not a benefit. And it's not giving, you know, giving them more just mucks up the job. Okay. And it doesn't make you, makes them like you more or won't, you know, want to buy things from you or that sort of thing. It just doesn't work. Okay. So boundaries, boundaries within the job. There's boundaries about a stop date. Okay. You know, a living room job, our, our $5,600 fee for a living room job, you know, that can easily be done in eight to 10 weeks. Okay. That design process, eight to 10 weeks would be good. Okay. You need to have that in the contract with the stop date. Okay. Reason why is because when you can't make a decision, you say, oh, I'm not going to have time to do all this stuff. We're going to run over and I'm going to have to write a new contract and charge you more. Okay. That'll get her attention. Okay. That'll get her to pay attention and, and, and give you back what you need. You know, you have to be specific about where you're working, you know, what spaces exactly you're working and what you're doing in those spaces and, and be specific about the number of selections you'll give. I use three works really well. And it doesn't mean that you give three for everything. If, I mean, you can do it that way. I know a lot of designers do it that way. It could be this, this, or this, and this, or this. And that's fine if you want to do it that way. I don't, I don't, I don't want to mess up anybody's creative process that works. Okay. If it works, don't fix it. However, three possibilities is enough to be able to put that room together. Okay. 12 just confuses the issue. Okay. So you want to put a limit on how many selections you're going to give, how many floor plans, how many uh, shopping trips are providing. Okay. But it's not endless. How many in-person meetings are we going to do? Okay. I'm not coming to your house 12 times to get this living room done. That's not it. Okay. When you have this specific way of laying this out of how you're going to get this done, it makes a huge difference in how the client responds and responds back to you and, and gets things to where you want to go. So you want to be really clear about those boundaries right from the get-go. You know, here at IDBA, we have lots of examples of letters of agreement with the boundaries already in them. So it's easy to take those and kind of riff on them and develop your own. It's why I do that. There's a whole bunch of those of all different kinds of jobs and how to write it and what it looks like. The third thing that I want you to take a look at is design fees have a relationship to the amount of dollars being spent on the job, okay? Money drives everything. Sorry to say that, but it's true, okay? And I think you probably figured that out by now, okay? So when when you've got a budget of, of $5,000 to do something, you know, your fee can only be $750, $800. You really can't do much of anything. It doesn't buy enough time to do anything, okay? But on the other side of that, there's a relationship between, you know, the fee and the budget for the job. And if you don't have a budget, then the client doesn't have a budget and you don't know where you're going. Okay. And then when you present that fee without that budget in place, it sounds astronomical. 
Okay, what? You want $5,600 to design this living room? What for? La, 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 la. You know, faint and fall on the floor, that, that thing. All right? If you go after the budget, we teach it as budget on the fly, and you could do it in 10 minutes on your first appointment. It's really quite easy once you learn it. Once you have that budget and they realize that that this project that they want is is going to cost $40,000 and it's based on the numbers they gave you of what they're comfortable with spending – and they're looking at, oh, 40 grand and she needs 5,600 to do it to make sure it comes out right. That makes sense. You see what happens? Okay. So if you don't provide the anchor point of the budget for the client, they don't understand what your fee is for, right? When you've got that piece in there and you could present those two things together, it makes perfect sense. And people easily say yes to you. Go, yeah, great. Let's do it. Okay. So this this piece about about relationship between numbers makes sense. I often think that in these in, when you get into these big jobs that that our fee besides being a design fee, I think people think of it a bit as insurance. Okay? Insurance that this investment they're going to make in their home or their office or their building whatever it is that you're working on is going to be is going to be worth it and add value. Okay, because that is what you're you're kind of guaranteeing that this is going to come out really well for them. Okay, so you know think about think about that. All right, when the client knows how much they're going to be spending for all this stuff that they want, your fee seems very small in relationship to that, and therefore it's very easy for them to say yes. That simple. It's that simple. Okay. But you need to get the to the numbers in order to be able to do that, okay? So number four, your deliverables need to be really clear on your letter of agreement. Remember we started with, oh, I'm going to create a beautiful living room. Well, that's not a deliverable. It's not definable or measurable or, <laughs> or any of those things, right? So we want to be really specific about what it is we're doing, okay, and what the goal is and what the client's going to get. Okay. Right, right from the very beginning. Okay. So, so, you know, if, if you're doing a job and your job is to, to, you know, replace all the flooring on the bottom floor and they need a new sectional in the living room to get that to work and they want a lighting package. Okay. They want lighting here and there and there. Then those are the deliverables. Okay. And there would be up to three selections for on any of those three things. And once you've provided that, you're actually done with the job. You have earned your fee. Okay. There's no, what about this or what about that? There is no, oh, she hasn't bought it yet. Okay. It doesn't matter if she buys it yet. You're being paid to tell her what good selections are. If she can't put that together and buy from that, then, you know, <laughs> it, you don't keep going. You stop. Okay. You could, you stop, you leave because then she's left without you. If you keep feeding this and not being paid, you just got, they're just playing with the decorator again. You're just going on and on and on. Okay. So those deliverables that are really clear so that when you write that letter of agreement, that client understands this is what they're getting. This, this, and this. And you define it with the boundaries. Okay. And then you have, when you get back to your studio, you know what you need to do. You need to figure out all the flooring, flooring options, pricing, that sort of thing. You need to give her some sectional options that'll work within that room. And you need to develop a lighting package or two, or maybe three combinations that she can choose from. And then that's it. 
okay? That's it. There's no hand-wringing, oh, buy this, or I have to keep going until you buy it. There's no hand-wringing going on here and, and angsting about, about, you know, will she buy it or I have to keep going until she buys something. That's not the goal. That is not what your letter of agreement says. It says that you're going to design and research and provide these things, one, two, three, four, just like that, okay? And your your fee covers all of your time at $150 an hour or whatever you're running at in order to do that, okay? It's that clean. Now, the last piece I want to do, number five, is about the purchasing, okay? And it's it's about, you're going to talk about purchasing in the first appointment, okay? And you're going to let her know that we're not doing any purchasing till we get the design completely done. And then when we get that design completely done, we have our purchasing meeting where we're going to buy the stuff, okay? You're setting up the sale. Now, she can still muck it up and it goes the other way, but mostly when you set it up this way, they'll be there, okay? Because they're, you're saying specifically, this is what you want, this is where we're going to order it. This is where you need to have your money ready, quite frankly, okay? You start with the end in mind. Okay. But while you're in the design process, you're not talking about selling anything. Okay. Or buying anything. And if she wants to buy it, you're saying, no, we're not buying anything till we get to the total end of this. Okay. The whole completed thing. And then we can buy it. And you have in one day, this is our purchasing meeting. Everything is within the approved budget. Everything's there. All the specs are there. One sale. Boom. All of it. Okay. That's how it works. Okay, so I want you to to always set up that purchasing meeting as the last meeting in your schedule so they know it's coming, okay, <laughs> they can get their money ready. It's like anticipating the sale and acknowledging that, of course, it will be there and this is the date we're going to do it, okay? Energetically and psychologically, it works really nicely, okay? And if you can stay on that frame, it's going to work out really well for you. Everything's going to pay off really well. All right. So that's my five, that's my five pieces <laughs> that you, you need to remember. You know, it's, it's, you know, separate your purchasing. Okay. From your design fees, make them totally separate. Make sure you have boundaries. Okay. Set up here and all, you know, I do. <laughs> I, I look at letters of agreement of my students before they go out quite often to make sure that they've got all the boundaries in there. We call it the CYB, the cover your booty, right? Make sure you got all those pieces in there and haven't forgotten anything so that the job runs smoothly and that you have a framework to work on. And then number three is recognizing the relationship between the design fee and the budget and acknowledge that somewhere in your conversations with them, especially when you're trying to close on your fee. And number four, your deliverables are really clear in your contract. This is what I'm giving you. This is what it costs. This is where I'm going to be paid. This is the start date. This is the end date. Okay. Lots of clarity. And then make sure you talk about purchasing in that very first appointment, how that works and what you provide and how that is our last appointment together is to, is to get that piece in place and run that out. All right. And if you're doing these things, remember that it, you know, Fees are going to work out really well for you. They're, they're really a far more profitable and organized way to run a design business. You're going to really, really benefit from all that. And if you want to learn more about this here at Interior Design Business Academy, just give us a call. Go to the website, interiordesignbusinessacademy.com. 
click on <laughs> click on the button and set up a call. We'd be happy to talk to you about what we'd work with, how our programs work, what's in there, and look at what you need in your business and see what that looks like. And if it's a match, great. If it's not, that's great too. <laughs> We'd be happy to talk to you and tell you how all this stuff works and where all this information is to run a business that that pays you what you're worth. I'm really, <laughs> I'm really pushy about money. I realize that, but I am. I think we need to be in order to get ourselves paid because we've gone so far in the other direction. I, I always am startled about with people with the idea that designers overcharge because in my, you know, in the thousands of designers I've coached in the last 12 years, nobody <laughs> was ever overcharging. They're doing nothing but undercharging and selling themselves short. <laughs> so that's why I have so much focus on money. And, you know, if that is part of your life and your practice, you may want to talk to us because I can help you with that. So until next time, design something beautiful and get paid what you're worth. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Interior Design Business Podcast. If you love what you're learning, head over to interiordesignbusinessacademy.com and book a clarity call. This is the perfect way to chat with one of our coaches about where you are in your business and what your next best step needs to be to make your design business profitable and enjoyable. As always, you can head over to interiordesignbusinessacademy.com to check out the links and resources from this episode. So until next week, design something beautiful and get paid what you're worth.